Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for allowing me to be here this morning. I am grateful for the privilege to, to be here at Solid Rock Baptist Church. I've been familiar with your church for a pretty good little while now. I started serving the Georgia Baptist Mission Board in 2013 as a state missionary. I'd pastored up in Blairsville for almost 16 years in my hometown, and I thought I'd retire there and be at that church until I was unable to even function anymore, which probably isn't long right now anyway. But So I one day God called me away from there and called me to be a state missionary. Very soon I met one morning at breakfast with Larry Wynn and Mike Franklin over here, not too far from here, and we got acquainted. And I found out about Solid Rock Baptist Church. Now let me tell you what I really love about your church. And, I, and Please don't, I, I, want, I mean this as, an, as a compliment, as an encouragement, but you're just ordinary folks. Amen? Now, and, and I like ordinary folks because I'm ordinary folks myself. I, Mike was talking about tractors. I use anything I do to share the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've, recently I've been restoring tractors and buying tractors, and my wife Diane's with me, and she'll say, bless you for that, and she's getting tired of her husband, the preacher, buying tractors, but yesterday I came home, and on the way home, she said, I'd like for you to make a fall scene in our yard, if you would, so I just backed my 1948 farm all cub in the yard and put some pumpkins around it, and I'm done, praise, praise the Lord, see, it works, and you can never have too many tractors, okay? You just have an extra one to go in the yard. So, um, But Mike did call me. But yesterday, I got to um, make a ministry connection with a young man that's in my community talking about things that, that he and I share a common interest in. And that's something I'll challenge you all week with is to take the things that you're interested in, that you're passionate about, and don't just enjoy them as something that's just fun for you, but take those things that you enjoy and are passionate about and use them to promote the gospel and connecting people with Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's very important. That's something that I'll be pushing at you all week. If you would take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the, the book of John, the gospel of John, John chapter 10. Now, I want to ask you this morning, I want you to hear me, and from John chapter 10, we're going to be in verses 11 through 18, but I want you to hear something I'm going to say to you. I'm going to take the Word of God this week to the best I'm capable of doing, and by His grace and His empowerment, and I want to let the Word of God itself have Jesus Christ speak for Himself on His behalf. God put it down on black ink and white paper. He hasn't had to change one jot or one tittle. And He is going to show us this week who He is. Now, here's my challenge. You invite anybody you'd like to who is skeptical, non-believing, doubting in Jesus Christ, and I would love for you to have them here this week so that they could hear what Jesus can do in their life. Would you take that challenge from me this morning that you would invite people because I'm telling you, there's nothing like it when Jesus Christ defines himself. Now this morning we're going to read here from verse 11. Let's stand if you would in honor of the reading of God's word. Jesus says here in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, who's on the sheep or not, see the wolf coming and leave the sheep and flee, and the wolf catches them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and cares not for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, my spirit is encouraged this morning. Lord, I have worshipped you. I thank you for this team that has led us in worship. Lord, as we sung that song, it's one of my favorites, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you, please don't pass them by. Lord, please speak to their hearts through your word and your spirit. Lord, don't allow me to say anything that would be contrary to your will. I ask you to bind the spirits in this place this morning that are not your Holy Spirit. And I ask you now just to do what only you can do. You're the only one with the power to save, and we ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Through the years, your pastors call me. Seemed like, Mike, you've always called me with a dilemma. Did you ever notice that? And, and, but, but I believe that God uses dilemmas in our lives to move us to do things that we don't even sometimes realize we're capable of. And I, I want to encourage this church this week. You've got a building dilemma going on. You know why you've got a building dilemma going on? Because you're meeting the needs head on of people through the Good Shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. You're daily meeting those needs. I talked to a friend yesterday in Jessup, Georgia. Jessup, Georgia got walloped by this hurricane. He, he's a pastor at First Baptist, Ludowisi. Y'all ever heard of Ludowisi, Georgia? It's famous speed trap in Georgia, okay? There ain't much in Ludowisi, but there's a great church there. Got a good friend there. He said, you know, yesterday, he said, we're, our men got together, and we got chainsaws and tractors and front-end loaders, and we went out for free, and help people move trees out of their driveways and yards where they could could get in and out. And he said, you know, I never saw the first Muslim team out there with chainsaws in their hands. Think about that just a minute. You know, you know who's doing the good in our community, in our world right now, and, and displaying the love of Christ? It's, it's the church, okay? And so you guys are doing that. I, I'm really thankful for you. But, but I, this morning, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus Christ being the real deal. He, he said a lot of things, and we're going to get into that this week, hopefully, if the Lord allows us to go in that direction. He said some things like, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. But here he says, I am the good shepherd. Now, he's going to talk about who he really is here. But let me tell you what people are looking for. They're looking for people like you who are real and genuine. Just ordinary folks because 
Everybody that is dealing with stuff in their lives, like the brother in his prayer this morning said, we're all dealing with stuff in our lives, and we are, amen? We, we've all, if, you've got, if everything's perfect in your life, please don't raise your hand, and please don't speak to me after church, okay? Just be unfriendly as you can be, because you'll discourage me, because, listen, the preacher don't have a perfect life, and when it's up here this morning, okay? And not everything goes perfect in his life, but let me tell you something, when it don't go perfect in my life, I got the good shepherd on my side who can handle my problems who can handle my heartaches and handle my pains because Jesus Christ is the real deal now first thing we're going to look at is the declaration of the shepherd he says there in verse 11 listen what he says very boldly I am the good shepherd now Jesus proclaims this of himself now the prophets of old uh, look for the Lord to be the good shepherd. There in the 23rd Psalm, we, we've read it at many gravesides. But, and when we say, the Lord is my shepherd. I want to ask you this morning, is he your shepherd? In Isaiah 40, 11, he says, the Bible says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms, carry them to the bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. In Ezekiel, in, in the 34th chapter, he, said, he talks about going out and searching for the sheep. Now, in Nahum, we're told that the Lord is good again as a, as a shepherd is. There in Matthew 19, the Bible says, And behold, one came and said to him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said to him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that is God. But if that will enter into life, keep the commandments. You see, he's challenging this, this young man that come to him. All these evidence are stockpiled to show us through the Scripture. God wrote it down. He don't have to back up. He doesn't have to change it. He is who he says he is. He can authenticate this statement so that he can show us his supreme supernatural nature, his deity. In the New Testament, we have three titles New Testament titles for Christ as shepherd. Here in John 10, 11, the good shepherd. In Hebrews 13, 20, the great shepherd. In 1 Peter 5, 4, the chief shepherd. That's at least three of them in, in the New Testament. Now, the, the really good part is here. Y'all hear me right here. The really good news is that we can all have this shepherd, Jesus Christ, become Lord and Master of our lives. He will save us if we'll ask Him to be Savior. He'll become the Redeemer of our souls if we'll ask Him. Why? Because He is the real deal. The second thing is the deposit of the shepherd. Look, look there with me halfway in verse 11. It says He gives His life for the sheep. Like I told you, I hadn't seen the Muslim chainsaw team yet. Y'all all right out there? I guess I just defended all my Muslim friends, okay? Both of them, right? And, and so we look at this verse, we see the investment that Jesus is willing to make for the sheep. Now, he is willing, to, I, I want you to hear this, for you and for me, for sinners, for people that, listen, the world would say we're not worth it. And you know what? They're right. I've said before, and y'all may want to throw me out of here, I don't think, it wasn't a good investment on God's behalf, but he thought it was, to send his only begotten son. 
Uh, listen, I've only got one daughter. She's 22 years old. We're very proud of her and her life and her accomplishments. And she's just become a teacher in fifth grade, graduated from Truett McConnell University. But if, you know, she had to die for you, guess what? Y'all in trouble. Ain't going to happen, okay? Uh, that's why we're not in God's shoes. He didn't send some second-class sacrifice. He sent his very best for you and me. Only the best would do. And so he, he, he has given himself in exchange for our redemption. No price, Listen, no small price for somebody to pay to, to redeem folks who will, will reject him, who will deny him, who will refuse the benefit of being redeemed. Now, even us that are saved, and I want you to hear me right here, even us folks who are born again, who are Christians, we forget or we begin to not appreciate enough what God has done for us. Now, we'll have to say amen to that this morning. We, we just kind of get used to what God's done to us. It ought to just, man, as we sung that last song, man, I'm telling you, thinking about what Jesus did for me and, and how he has bore my sins and carried me when I couldn't even stand. And, and so we need to be more appreciative of what he's done for us. And, and, it, and it overwhelms me that he's willing to lay down his life for me. It, it out, causes me to outstrip my thinking. Michael, tell you, that ain't much to get beyond my capacity to think, hello out there, y'all awake. And, and so, but to, just to realize his power to buy us off the sin market with his life, his blood, the only thing that would ever satisfy the wrath and anger of his daddy was the blood of his only begotten son. We, we need never get over that. But I just want to praise him this morning for that eternal deposit and that investment that he made in humanity. And we're all the benefactors. You know why? Because he's the real deal, this Jesus Christ. Third, there's a danger here of false shepherds. In verse 12 and 13, it talks about hirelings. The, the false shepherd has a perverted interest that God doesn't have. Your pastor and myself have known men who call themselves pastors, leaders. If you, you see some guys on television and they're telling you, follow our ministry and live like we do and send money in and and everything's going to be all right in your life. And they hadn't met Bubba before, Mike, them folks that do that all the time. There's an old boy up where I live named Bubba that someday's going to send, they get caught up in that, send money in, and it, things ain't going to go like that. And Bubba's going to go smack one of them guys in the mouth. Bubba lives up my way. Y'all know that, right? Okay? Now, now think about it. Folks are proclaiming prosperity and and, and that everything's going to be all right. Let's, let's, let's get real here this morning. When we give our life to Christ, we, we do an about face. We repent. We turn. And we start going against the current, okay? And we, we've been walking with the enemy. We, he, he don't have to mess with us much when, when we're walking with him. But all of a sudden, when we turn around, we're going upstream. And, and it's going to be a battle. I tell people when they get saved, I say, you need, to, you need to understand the enemy's going to attack you because in the next few days after that, they face a challenge they've never seen before in their life. It's a challenge from the enemy. That's reality, okay? And, and a lot of folks don't want to talk about that. But, but the false shepherd is in it for what he can gain. 
And then when he sees a little danger because he's not the real shepherd and he's got a potential for loss or damage, he just jumps out and leaves folks hanging. He values something, but let me show you what he values. He values himself. He is valuable, but the sheep are a mere commodity and expendable. Let me tell you what I know about your pastor. I, I don't know anybody else here yet, okay? I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know some of y'all this week. But here's what I know about him. He loves you. He cares about you. I've watched him wear the burden when he's told me about, that I don't even know your names, but he's told me about some of the burdens and the problems and the heartaches that you're walking through. And I've watched him doing things in his life that, that if he wasn't a real shepherd, he wouldn't give one flip about, okay? But, but instead, he's down in that mire working and serving because he cares about people. He cares about you, and you need to be thankful for, to have a real shepherd because the false shepherd has no natural care for the state of the sheep. The false shepherd will leave the sheep exposed. Sheep without a real shepherd are caught in, in danger and error. And, and the wolf can be a variety of things or events such as worldliness, carnality, false teaching, and, and, and all that's going on. But I want to tell you something. One of these days, people are going to stand and, t- and make account for how they have shepherded the church of the living God. And we, uh, what, a, what a woeful burden that is to try to do that and, and stay in the will of God. And so false shepherds scatter the sheep, and then they're lost in the wilderness. But the good shepherd will leave the ninety and nine and go after the one, Okay. You, some, sometime in your life, you'll probably say, I wonder why Pastor Mike's going after that person. He could be over here doing this or he could be doing that. He's gone after that one little lost lamb. Hey, I, I want to tell you something. A lot, now, now, don't fall out with me right here, but I want you to hear me. The church is a fragile thing. Y'all are blessed. I want you to just look around. This place is is, there's a lot of people here this morning. There's a lot of churches in Georgia, 3,600 churches in Georgia, in the Georgia Baptist Convention. There, there's probably about 3,100 that'd love to have this many people at church. But I'm going to tell you something. The fellowship in the church is a very fragile thing. And so why don't you set yourself to, to do everything you can to protect the unity and the love and the fellowship of your church. And, and if you'll do that, you'll be a blessing to the Lord, and you'll be a blessing to your community, and you'll be a blessing to your church family. Then we see next is the devotion of the genuine shepherd. And he speaks to, to his sheep. Now, that, that regular conversa- conversation, he said, I'm the good shepherd, and know my sheep, there in verse 14, and have known of mine. And then he goes on to say, as the Father knows me. It's a relationship. I, I, I pastor a rural church, Shoal Creek Baptist Church in Cleveland, Georgia. Great church, wonderful, loving people. And I fit them and they fit me. Their country and I'm hillbilly and we just fit like a glove, okay? And, and here a while back, one of my, my great-granddaddy used to be a beekeeper. And, and so one of the members, his Sunday school teacher, J.R. Candy, said, why don't you go and go on over to see one of our shut-ins, and I've got beehives over there, and why don't you go with me, and we'll rob the bees while we're there. So, so it's pretty neat. The pastor's in on a robbery. Y'all all right out there? 
And so we go over there, and Jr.'s got a bee smoker, and he's got all the head veil and gloves, and he gets out, and he, and he puts stuff in his paper and stuff in his smoker, and he don't get his veil out, and he don't get his gloves, and he starts prizing the lid off that, the, the beehive, and he starts putting smoke in there, and he's just talking to those bees. They knew him. He's around there all the time. They're familiar with him. They don't sting him. They don't even get excited. He's taking what they worked all summer to do, and he's just taking it away. It's a robbery. And by the way, I got a quart of that robbery at my house, okay? And it's good, too. And he don't get stung. He don't get attacked. Let me tell you what happens if I do that. I am eat up. I'm at the hospital getting stingers picked out of me or something, okay? But because they know who he is, they're just as calm as they can be. You know, the good shepherd knows his sheep like that because they call him by name. You know, it's hard to imagine even how good God knows you and I. He knows the hairs on your head, the little significant details of your life. I've heard people say, well, God don't care about the little things in my life. I'm going to tell you, that's a lie from Satan. God cares about every little detail, every little minuscule, little bitty thing in your life. You may think it's insignificant, but God so loves you that he wants to work in all those little pieces in our lives. And I'm telling you, everything you do, God's at work. He knows your joys. He knows your blessings. All good things come from him. But he knows your trials and sorrows too. He knows when you're full and happy. And he knows when you have needs and lack things too. And I want to tell you something. He knows you and I. 1 Corinthians 8, 3. Listen to what the Bible says. Hey, this isn't Stacy's opinion. Listen to what the Word says. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. God knows you and he loves you. So, so Jesus gives the sheep his love and care. He gives, him, he gives us comp- companionship and relationship. But, but better than that, listen, it don't just last in this world. It, he gives us an eternal destiny, heaven and eternity with him forever. I'm talking about you think it's good now to have a friend in Jesus. Think about spending a never-ending day. This morning is probably one of the... I'm telling you, just a beautiful morning outside. Wasn't it a wonderful sunrise we came down the road this morning? Think about that. What about an endless day like this in heaven? I'm talking about never to end. Never, uh, just a good, cool time. Been an old hot summer, and here it is. Just a wonderful, cool morning. And so Jesus uh, knows us, but he knows the Father. Jesus knows you, and I knows our weaknesses, but he knows God's power. He knows our needs, but listen, he's fully connected to God's supply for mine and your needs. And that supply is unlimited. You know why that supply is unlimited? Because Jesus Christ is the real deal. Then there's the depth and the reach of the shepherd. In verse 16, Jesus is about to open up the boundaries of who's involved in global redemption. It's at this point he references enlarging the fold and bringing in other sheep. Now, I want you to understand, when, when Jesus originally came, now God knows the future and he sees on out there, but originally he came to be the Savior of Israel. And they rejected him. So God said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just let everybody in. Somebody ought to just, that ought to make a Baptist shout right there because you can get in right here, okay? And, and you, got, you got to be a part because of this 
piece of global redemption, you and I can be a part of the family of God. Somebody ought to just say hallelujah right there because right here's where he's speaking of us. And he says the salvation of other sheep. In, in writing to the Romans, in Romans 10, 12, the Bible says, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. And finally, and somebody said hallelujah to finally, the death and life of our shepherd. You know, it's one thing for a shepherd to protect his sheep. It's yet another for him to willingly give himself for the sheep. I, as I travel for the Georgia Baptist Convention, I, I was gone a lot. I'd be gone several nights a week, and Diane kind of got a little scared. So we put her in a, a, an alarm system, okay? And, and she, but now when I'm at home, she feels better. What she doesn't, she feels safer. But what she doesn't realize is when I go to sleep at night, you tear the house down, okay? She's, she's probably safer when I'm not there than when I am because she probably gets better rest because I snore so. so, so but, but the security is what I'm talking about. Uh, you, you, we put her in that security system. She had that sense of protection. But here we, we see the ultimate protection in the security where the, the Savior he laid down his life for the sheep. Now, David went before the king, and he said, Hey, let me give you some examples of what I've done. You know the story of David and Goliath, but before he got there, he, he told the king, Hey, I've, I've handled these wild animals by my hand, by my own hands. He had, he'd tell, tell the story of having a, a lion. I'm an outdoorsman. I love to hunt. He said, I, I've had a lion by its beard. Let me tell you, if I ever have a lion by its beard, I want to be checking him after I've shot him with my rifle, okay? I don't want to get him down and hold him and check his beard out. It was what David did, the chances he took were risky maneuvers, okay? We're talking about a man's man here, okay? Now, I'm about to make a statement that will make your eyebrows bristle. David took some risky chances. But y'all hear me. Get real in here close just a minute. What Jesus did was no risk at all. It wasn't a risk. It was calculated obedience. He didn't say, I'm going to go up there and fight death. He said, I'm going to go up there and die. It was a calculated obedience move. Certain death and destruction as God submitted himself to death for sinners. Unlike David, he didn't say, I'll stand up and fight for the sheep. He says, I'll die for the sheep. There's a huge difference. Here Jesus drops the imagery of a shepherd and he says, I'll lay down my life. I have the capacity. I have the authority. I have the power to lay down my life. Hey, it was going to take this. God set the demand for the redemption of the, the lost souls of humanity. And it was the sub substitutionary death of the perfect Lamb of God. See, in the Old Testament, sacrifice after sacrifice was given. Blood ran like a river, and it never met the demand God had set. But by this one man, this one man, Jesus Christ, 
we can be reconciled into the fold of God. In 1 Timothy, i, I got to read you this. Chapter 2 and verse 4, the Bible says, who will, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. You hear that? To be testified of in due time. I'm going to make a statement to those this morning. I, I, I want to talk to everybody, but right here I want to talk to the really true, authentic, born-again believers in Jesus Christ. Y'all with me this morning? You that believe in him, let me tell you something. It's high time that the church of Jesus Christ testifies of what Jesus has done in your life. It really is. It's time that we stand up, take his message out onto the street, and tell people about Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to do that. Get over it. It's time to tell people about Jesus. Hundreds and hundreds died in Haiti. Dozens have died in America. Thousands could have died. You know where the, the, those that die without Jesus, y'all know where they go, right? Somebody's told you. They go to hell. We, are we willing that, that we would let anybody perish and go to hell? We shouldn't be. God's not. So we shouldn't be. So it's high time that we testify who Jesus is because the path he reveals here is the path of the cross. And he solidifies his role as the good shepherd on the old rugged cross. See, that death on the cross ultimately brought divine glory to the Father. The first Adam defamed the Father. The first Adam let God down. You know why we're in such a mess right now? You know why we're fighting a radical Muslim world right now? Because of original sin. You know why we got such a political mess in America right now? Original sin. Somebody asked me, I don't want to get into politics right here as far as I'll get in it, okay? Somebody asked me last week, said, who do you think is going to get elected president? And I said, I'm afraid one of them's going to get it. Y'all with me out there? <laughs> Scares me to death. You know what? If we had the finest, most wholesome candidate, and we don't, amen. If we had the finest, most wholesome candidate in the world, they couldn't fix the mess. Washington is not going to fix this mess. Only Jesus can fix the mess, okay? Adam messed it up. But Jesus brought redemption. He brought supernatural glory to his father. His, hey, I'm, I'm going to prove that to you and I'm done. His daddy said from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's a word from heaven right there, okay? This morning as I finish up and turn this over to your pastor you've seen the declaration of the good shepherd Jesus is the real deal you've seen the deposit of the shepherd he laid down his life for you you, you realize the danger of false shepherds they don't care for you Jesus does you see the devotion of the genuine shepherd because Jesus is the real deal because he wants to have relationships with you. He wants to be there for you in the twist and turns of life. And you see the depth and the reach of the shepherd. 
Think about it. Who has died for you other than Jesus Christ? Willing to give himself freely because he's the real deal. And then you see the death and life of our shepherd. I've done a lot of funerals, Mike, in my ministry. I've done a lot of weddings. You know, I, I thought about yesterday when you called me. I've, I've done funerals and weddings. You know, I'd rather do funerals and weddings. Y'all think I'm weird. I ain't never had a funeral go bad. They all took, okay? But some of the, yeah, some of the weddings I did, they didn't take. But the funerals all took, okay? Can you imagine being the funeral director for Jesus? <laughs> Can't keep him down. I mean, he's, you, you put, rolled him in the, put him in the tomb, rolled the stone over the door, next thing you know, he's walking around in town. That makes a funeral director mad right yonder. I'm telling you. How'd he do that? He's the real deal. He's God. He was able to lay that life down and pick it up again. This morning, your pastor will lead you in time of invitation.